Welcome to Wise Monkey's podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Fronza. For this first episode, I need to share a little bit of my backstory. Back when I was a child in Brazil, I used to struggle with being secure. One day, I read certain powerful concepts from Stoicism, and it made me understand that the challenges in life are actually what makes me stronger, and I should welcome them with a big smile. Later, I moved to Europe and embarked on a pursuit to understand human behavior from subjects ranging from psychology, nutrition, psychedelics, cryptocurrencies, art, music, politics, and sex. With this podcast, my goal is to make myself even more vulnerable and learn a lesson or two about a myriad of subjects. Today, I'm speaking with Diederik van der Larshot. Diederik is a senior data analyst of a Dutch multinational and my flatmate. We had a very chilled conversation in our shared living room on a cold November evening. We discussed one question. What would we change if we die today and were brought back alive to live the rest of our lives a bit more properly? Other subjects of the conversation were addiction, mindfulness, the concept of the pain body, and other topics. And now I bring you Diederik. Hello, Diederik. Hello, Gabriel. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm doing good as well. I thought tonight we could uh, discuss this thing I read on the Marcus Aurelius book, Meditations, and see how it applies to our lives right now. Imagine you were dying today and you were given the chance to resuscitate. And from this moment on, the rest of your life is just a bonus. How are you going to proceed with the rest of your life with that mindset? That's quite a hard question. I think I would do every, everything that I ever want to do. For example, traveling more, traveling more, seeing the world. But then still you're limited with money, right? Because you're working. Yes. Aren't you? Yeah. So my, the money still is the problem. If yeah. you think about it, circumstances are the same. But now you have a different view of life. Perhaps you're a little bit less inclined to just sit around and watch television and other forms of entertainment. Hmm. So is there something that you've been meaning to pursue hasn't been prioritized as much as the things that you've been doing? Perhaps you've been following certain things because it was expected of you. Well, I guess many of our start many of us start out like that, right? They uh, they do things because they are expected. So, for example, yeah, getting a job, getting education. Most people, when they're done with studying, they're like, okay, what what am I going to do now? Because then suddenly you are at the at the front uh, at the front wheel, suddenly driving. I guess yeah, it's a bit difficult question because you have to, like this is really like it would have such an impact on your life. If suddenly you really realize like, damn, right, every moment now is a win and every, every, yeah, every, every day is, uh, is given not for free, but, uh, yeah, but I think mostly what I expect that I would do is that I would, um, I would really not give a fuck about 
opinions, other people about anything, basically. And I would just do whatever I feel like doing in that day. So it would remove fear out of the equation because you already died, right? Or you were just born. So you have sort of nothing to lose. And now you can just think about the, what you want instead of what you don't want. Yes, indeed. Yeah, do you think most people are caught up with that too much with what they don't want instead of what they want? Yes. That's why people are more often than not complaining. And, you know, even the way people answer, how are you? Oh, not bad. I can't complain. Why don't you say I'm doing well? Even on those words, you can already hear the mindset, which is, I, I, I think life could be worse. So I'm happy that it's not so bad. I think it's okay, but it's not really forward thinking, let's say. And this mindset that from Marcus Aurelius seems to be, what have I been doing in my head that has been stopping me so far? And what can I do to reach it? So in my case, I think I would finally take that trip around the world for a while and I would also be a little bit more honest and vulnerable and tell people exactly how I feel. And of course, in a, in a way that is also sharing some love, right? Because I don't want to hurt people, but I would be a bit more honest. I think I could be more honest. Yeah. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't act as somebody who you were not, you would basically be very upfront. Be more Dutch, as they say. Be way more Dutch. Yeah, that's one thing I really liked about living here. When I come back to Brazil sometimes, I always feel like it's harder to trust people there. Yeah, I see, I see it in other countries as well here. But I think that's nice. You want to take a trip around the world. And do you think there would be something different in the way you schedule your day? The things you would do on the day? That's a good question. I think I would be more oriented towards the certain goals that suddenly I will have because what am I doing that is wasting my time? What am I doing that is just a form of dealing with fear, dealing with pain? Where, where are my addictions? Earlier we watched a really cool video about addictions. Why did you share that video by the way? Why did you like it? Yeah, it was a summary of the definition of addictions. Well, honestly, to be quite frank about it, it was a pop-up on my YouTube recommendation <laughs> and I just went for it. <laughs> it was pretty epic. Like an addicted user. <laughs> I, had, I didn't look it up. It was just on my screen at some point. Would you say you would be more interested in learning? You'd yeah. be more curious person? I am myself, yeah. Yeah, 100%. In this mindset. Like you asked me what I would change in my day. I think... I would spend a bigger chunk of the day developing myself so I can be of value. Do you think you're not developing yourself at the moment? Uh, certainly I am. I am even doing this podcast, right? It's, it's a way to, uh, to grow. Even this conversation is one that makes me reflect a little bit. Yeah, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Yeah, I think there's also, you know, the self-development uh, junkie story where you go too much into wanting to be better, yeah. which is good. You can always, uh, I mean, 
who am I to, I mean, it's, it's a great thing to uh, acquire new skills and to improve yourself. It's very enjoyable, yeah. uh, but it should not be like, yeah, something that you have to do in order to be happy. No, I know what you mean. It's like stressing out about it yeah. is negative. Uh, obsessing about it, always seeing your flaws that you're, what you could be doing. You can't even enjoy watching a movie without thinking, man, I could be reading a book or <laughs> giving a seminar to uh, to hundreds of people. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, back in the days. At some point, I was really into self-development and I could only enjoy a movie when I had a, the biggest hangover of my life. <laughs> Seriously, because then I could finally relax. Uh, I was still drinking every weekend. Was it part of your personal development uh to get off Road. alcohol, <laughs> to get off alcohol. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely part of it. I see. Going back to what what we were saying that would change the routine. Yeah. And if you ask me, what do I think that needs to be improved? I think I can spend too much time being simulated by technology. What does that mean? It means that I spend too much time on the computer or on my phone. And yeah. being a, a viewer instead of doing things. Even if I do, they are all on the computer. You know, I have that fucking energy on my face coming all the time from my screen, from from uh, all the user interface tools and designs that are made to hook your brain to it and make you think, you feel as if it's an extension of your body. Yeah, I think it's a great thing for productivity. Hundred <laughs> percent. But uh, yeah, I see. What you, I see your point. Yeah, it's it's good to unwire sometimes, not to be too much on the screen. What is your favorite way to unwire? I think daily. I uh, what I do to unwire. Yeah, uh, try to be more present. So, for example, pushing yourself in the gym with exercise, or even focusing on the breath when walking. This can, uh, yeah, it can really pull you to the moment. I think otherwise unwiring is uh, it's also relaxing. Yeah, I, I would say watch YouTube, but that's actually not unwiring. <laughs> that's going back to the screen. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you're watching. Yeah. So, what do you think is, what do you think is good content and what do you think is bad content? Oh, for... that's, that's a tough one. Depends. For unwiring, I would say it's a yoga video, <laughs> but good content. For example, we watch videos on cryptocurrencies and those videos, they make us question the way the financial system works. They make us wonder, they make us uh, be curious to invest money, to save money and to think ahead. And to be honest, I have to thank the YouTube to, uh, for getting me into this. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah, it has benefits, of course. Uh, it can definitely open your eyes and if you're curious and you can learn something from it. If it changes your perspective, I think that's not always a good thing. But at least if it opens your eye and broadens your perspective, that's really good. And how do you find the balance? Because the, 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 there is a very interesting YouTube channel called What Have I Learned? Remember, we watched a few videos. And in one of his episodes, he sh uh, the, the author of those videos, he makes a, a comparison between from between the internet and a magic tool that allows you to create food. And initially people are making meat, they're making vegetables. 
and it's amazing, but eventually people find a way to make beer and make vodka and eventually they're making cocaine and it allows you to make anything you want, unlimited. Imagine the amount of abuse that tool, that magic tool would, uh, would occur, right? Now, would... It's funny because I, I talked to this guy once at work and he told me that he wants to have a technology that made an apple taste like candy or taste like a, like a chocolate, for example. He wants to have something healthy, which would magically taste like something super nice. Like a, Does he have this? Is he working on that or is it just an idea? No, it was just his, his well, it was his desire. He was, he was actually complaining. <laughs> he was complaining that in this day and age, 2020, uh, 2020, 2019, whatever, that, that such a thing was still not possible. Like he said, why does healthy food, uh, why does it have to be not tasty? Why, yeah, like liver. Why does everything I like to eat is actually un, un, unhealthy? So I think it's, yeah, the more you think about it, the more ridiculous it sounds. No, no, it makes sense. Um, if you try to understand why we enjoy sweet sugar so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like coming back to your point on like where's the balance on what is good content, what is bad content, for example, in, in terms of food. Um, if you're eating it because you want to eat it and you want you have a, like a conscious choice of, okay, that's what I want to eat, then that's fine. Or even what you want to watch, right? If you're like, okay, tonight I want to relax. Yes. Let's, let's look at a movie, yes. which doesn't happen every day, but if you sometimes do it, that's totally fine. But if you start grasping for it and basically you're bored and you do it because you're bored, Yes. Or you eat because you're bored. I think that's when you are walking the wrong path. So it goes, uh, it, it, it was basically the point of that video on addiction, where addiction is not a character flaw, but actually is a coping mechanism to deal with pain. Yeah, suffering. I think that's, that was my main flaw in the past few months or in the past few years is that I've been taking food as a self-medication. A self-medication yes. to re relieve yourself from suffering? From mild form of anxiety. Yes. So come again. So you're, you're saying to me that you, lately food has been a self-medication thing. For the not, past not lately, but for, let's say, 2019 till mid-2020, I've been binging in food, especially Greek yogurt with peanut butter and frozen berries, because that thing is amazing. You should give a try, listener. And, and basically, I would have a meal, okay, a very fulfilling meal, but somehow I would feel like, oh, I could have a little bit more, even yeah, though my yeah. body was exploding. Yeah, yeah, I've been there, yeah. And eventually, you look in the mirror, and after a few months, you are out of shape even though I work out every day almost. So not for the shape so much, but more when I started to deal with that anxiety and let go of it, my eating habit changed completely. Wait a minute. So you, so it completely changed because you let go of the habit. And I made the conscious decision to uh, take care of it. Uh, so what's now the, how do you see food now? Well, I'm eating once or twice a day now. So when I eat, I really thank 
the, the like I before I have anything, I tell myself in my head, well, I'm really happy I'm having this meal. This is really good for me. It's nurturing my body. It's what is giving me power. It's giving me energy. Before, there was none of that. It was just gimme, gimme, gimme. It was just pure gluttony. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I struggled as well with this, uh, especially in the context of fasting. So somehow you try to fast, right? You say, well, let's, uh, let's skip, uh, skip a breakfast. Let's uh, skip a day even of food. And then for some weird reason, your body thinks it needs to make up for the last time that you didn't eat. Yes. So you eat, well, you skip a day, but then you eat twice as much the next day. <laughs> and that's terrible because it's, uh, well, it's, first of all, it widens your stomach, of course. Yeah, it's, it's like expanding a bit. It's terrible. And I think, um, yeah, one of the main things for longevity is to not binge. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it has, I mean, we can definitely say with 100% certainty that is bad for you. So it's funny you bring that up because you do eat more. Uh, you are a bit more hungry afterwards. After but, fasting. Exactly. Yeah. But the total amount of calories that you consume and because you're eating only sparingly n is not the same as eating throughout. Basically, you're, if you want to lose weight, this is a great approach. Uh, there was a study done where if you eat, let's say, 2,000 calories once or twice a day compared to eating 2,000 calories six times a day or five times, so you have three meals plus snacks, you, it's the same amount, yet your hormone system is going to be completely uh, different. Now I can't remember the names. Yeah, but I think your metabolism goes on a higher level than if you only eat once a day. Yes. So then it will go way faster. Yes. There is some of that. Hmm. Yeah, I think I picked it up somewhere as well. Maybe I should bring a nutritionist to this show. Man. <laughs> but it's a bit of a shame that like man, food has become so much more complicated lately. I just saw a video yesterday about um yeah, all these new dietists coming up. All these new diet, even in Holland, like all these new dietists uh coming up and saying, Well, no, this is the new thing, this is how it's gonna go. Uh, no sugars or no no unnatural sugars and this and that and this is how you got to eat and uh, there's just so much noise that's the other thing i wanted to bring up with you how do you filter the noise from what is actually quality information well i mean it's difficult because we all have access to the internet everything is on there every person can actually publish on there so and everybody could find your stuff yes so what do you do well i think the most important thing is to uh yeah check your resource check your sources however yeah, if somebody speaks then even if you can listen to the way they speak are there arguments like uh using some sort of reasoning that is just pulling the situation far out of context and that they're comparing it to something completely irrelevant which then makes kind of sense but it, it doesn't make sense that they compare it together i see so there is a there is a bunch of bias. Yeah, there's like a fake argumentation going on, and then there is very unscientific uh, yeah. behavior going on as well. If they if they constantly use words like that is completely obvious and that there's no not even like an argument or evidence needed, so they make no space for nuance. Yes, and yeah, even then, if they're is there if they're way too certain, that's also if there is no nuance, then it could be also like nothing is black and white. So. So then the question actually gets a bit deeper and it becomes, how do you find the truth? Yeah, how do you find the truth? Yeah. Well, 
I think you can read any book, but eventually it's about how you compile all that information in your brain and make the, the choice of what's good and what's not. Oh, and the brain at the same time is such a, an archaic tool for making decisions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we have, there is a, I have this book in front of me. It's called The Art of Thinking Clearly by Rolf Dobelli. He basically has in each character of the book a different mental fallacy or a bias. And he's, the author says that uh, every big decision he needs to make, he first consults his feelings because that's very important. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. first you check, how, yeah, moving in with my girlfriend. How do I feel in my body about that? Is that a good decision? Let's say you think it's a good decision. And then from that point on, then you have to bring your logic and assess with each one of the different biases where you could be making a mistake. Maybe you are having confirmation bias. So you're excited to move in with her and all you see are the qualities. You cannot even, people expect it's going to be fairy tales, right? They don't fathom that they are together 24 hours. Imagine in isolation. In, during yeah. Corona times, yeah, I mean, you have to think about it on a logical level, like what's what's the consequence, right? But then still, like the way you feel about it, your positive and negative thoughts actually they all origin from some feelings. Yeah. And if you can tap into it directly, and you can just think yourself, okay, what am I feeling? Is it good? Is it bad? Then you can actually use your intuition to make a choice, and that is something which well, far more people can do, I think. What is the best decision you've ever made? using your intuition or the most difficult one? That's quite a question. Uh, I don't think I could take the best moments, but intuition, yeah. Like, of course, there you're constantly, as a person, you're constantly assessing throughout the entire day, like to make the right choices, right? The moment you wake up. The moment you wake up. And then if you make the choice, you're like, oh, fuck it, that was a good choice. Oh, fuck, that was a bad choice. You're constantly assessing. Um, but I think one of the most for me, impactful decisions that the one that also springs to mind is that I think I was in, uh, I was as a student, I was in Thailand and I had to buy a visa to get to the next country. Oh, nice. Which one? Uh, Cambodia, right? right? So Cambodia. And I knew that there was some issues at the border. So I, I heard that you can actually buy it online. And I think it was like 30 euros, um, which is fine. And then I, I wake up and uh, there was this girl in the in the common area and she was already uh, she was doing it online. I talked about it and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, use my computer. You go first. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, fine, that's fine." And then I switched some buttons and then uh, before I knew it, I paid a visa for like 150 or 200 euros. Ouch! So what just happened, right? I just pressed the button and then I'm like a bit. I didn't see the price before and suddenly when I paid, I suddenly saw the price, and I knew it was only 30. So I really got yeah quite worried about the situation like what the fuck right i want i want the money back basically it was quite some i mean in thailand with my limited student budget it was quite some money yeah 150 euros can take you really far yeah. in thailand so um i was worrying like crazy i contacted the bank i contacted the visa company and uh, well no reaction of course and then well at some point i sort of had yeah well you could call it intuition but I sort of have had the, at the, at the feeling that well you know what I'm just going to let it go and it's going to be totally fine like, even though I knew it wasn't going to be fine I thought you know what <laughs> I'm just going to live my life like it's going to be fine so, uh, your intuition said yes but your mind said no how does it work? because I thought it would not it would, I would lose the money however yeah. I read a book called Letting Go 
Uh, good from uh, Mr. David Hawkins, I believe. Yeah. And he said that, you know, it's very important to let go. So if you have worries or problems or like basically negative emotions, you have to let them go because then they can, yeah, long story short, basically resolve themselves. Sounds too good to be true. Yeah, it sounds too good to be true, but that was my perfect uh, testing moment. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to relax and let it be. And then I think after a few hours, I ignored the situation completely. And then when I checked my phone at some point, I saw that the company got back at me and they, they transferred the money back. Oh, like that. They were going to transfer the money back. Yeah, what did I learn, right? I don't know. Maybe... Um, did you feel like you could trust yourself better after that? Well, I felt like problems are not really that that much of a problem sometimes, Emo like emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. Mostly. But I wonder, let's say it didn't work out. You get to the border, they don't allow you to go in, and you lost the money. Yeah, Would the you be able to take those same lessons? Eventually, it's how you take negative uh, experiences. Do you accept them and do you move on and see them like it's a lesson or see them as just a station to pass? Or do you drown in it? Mm. And that's, uh, I think it's very easy to uh, completely put your teeth in like a problem that turned out to be very bad for you, which, um, yeah, it only becomes worse when you are making it bigger than it is. Which is usually uh, our best resource after some shit happens is to... Uh make it so much worse in our heads yeah why do you think why do you think that is so for example it's uh, fear it's it's a survival uh, approach basically your body's trying to protect you from death even though you're not gonna die instinctively you feel like you will if you lose some money if you're identified with your possessions yeah it's like if you're losing a part of yourself. That's why some people feel like if they drop 50 euro on the floor and someone else picks it up, they feel horrible about it. I would. And yet, let's say you, you make 100 euros, it just doesn't feel the opposite of losing 100 euros, you know? So imagine somebody lost 100 euros and uh, they was there in their pocket and they were about to buy something and then they opened their wallet and it's gone, right? Yes. And they're like... God damn it. Every person they talk to for the rest of the day, they tell the story about how they lost 100 euros. Yes. And how the day became worse. And how the day became worse and how, yeah, and how everything escalated towards them having a shit day. Yes. So, so it's a story, right? So, yeah. The person creates a whole story in your head. Yeah. It, 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 and maybe even they, they see themselves as a victim and life is unjust and yeah. blah, 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 and it's not good for them. And not so imagine this happens all the time. Throughout your career, throughout your life, you grow up and you have all these moments of. So my question is, why, if somebody does that, indeed, like even far more moments in life, but the moment they they choose to like constantly talk about it and basically communicate to the world, like, what the, what the fuck, I'm a victim. Shit happened. And to this, me. And look at what happened to me, and I'm sad. I, I, I well, why do you think they need to communicate that? The one thing that comes to mind to mind in my uh, in my head is the uh, the pain body. The pain body. The pain body. Yeah, it's like an emotion that comes to life in your body, and it doesn't want to die. It wants to keep existing. Yes, and it wants to spread it to others. It wants to. It wants to uh, grow. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen is I tell you that shit happens to poor me, 
and you re respond with your pain as well. <laughs> with my pain. Yeah, <laughs> we build it up with pain. Yeah, exactly. And then soon enough, we're both prote protesting on the street against some uh, some yeah, law or being some, some haters. <laughs> yeah. So you asked why do people want to express there is the pain body? I think also. What uh, can you explain the pain body? Uh, I think for our listeners. Listeners, there is an amazing book called The Power of Now. Check it out. How I would explain, it's the pain side of you that comes to life when you experience a negative emotion or you are in a state of mind where you are associated with anger, fear, resent, pride. And this pain is, is, a, is not a positive energy, it's not a positive emotion. And it doesn't want to stop itself until you you embrace that emotion you have inside of you. So it grows through you resisting it. So the more you say, I don't want to feel bad today, I just want to feel good. That's why people eat, for example, or they watch, video, they watch TV, play video games, and do all kinds of procrastination as if they were to live forever. They are resisting the emotions that they need to experience, something that is usually buried deep inside of them for me to sit down and to like, okay, now I'm going to experience something that will be unpleasant and I'm going to welcome it and keep on doing it. And my mind will come up with reasons why other people are the cause of my suffering or will come with explanations for why it's coming, why does it even happen to me or even it will tell me stories of why I'm a victim. But instead I will bring my mind back to that pain and keep on just feeling it, feeling it. And eventually when the pain gets so much attention, it sort of dissipates. Yeah. Yeah. And out of the blue, those thoughts that were coming up and those actions and those bad habits, they yeah. also disappear. Yeah. And they're like boggled up feelings Yeah, that are just out there to grow. And it's usually starting in our childhood. Yeah, yeah, I bet, yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, man. Thank you very much for joining my first episode of Wise Monkeys. Pleasure. It was nice to be here. Yes. In Thank our you. own apartment. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was a good conversation. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Everybody, thank you very much for listening. And uh, I hope to see you around. I'd like to hear from my listeners what you always wanted to do and would certainly regret not doing if you were to die today. Send it to me via email to elfronza2 at gmail.com. That's E-L-F-R-O-N-Z-A-2 at gmail.com. If you have any feedback, any critic, email me and yeah, let me know what you think I could improve, what could be better, what you like, what you didn't like. And uh, yeah, I want to make this a recurring experience and have some fun. Mm -hmm.